Okay, welcome to High Cheese with Darren Maloney. It's Monday, June 13th, 2022. So we've got a stock market that has hit 52-week lows. Dow's at a 52-week low. S&P is at a 52-week low. NASDAQ is at a 52-week low. We've got $5 a gallon gasoline. We've got inflation through the roof. We're facing a recession. The only question right now is how deep this recession is going to be. We've got Europe on fire with a war, an unnecessary war. We can't get our baby's baby formula. And what are these yahoos in Washington doing? They're trying to create a story and a recommendation for an indictment for the man that kept gasoline prices low, the best economy this country has ever had, out of war, low gas prices, we could get baby formula, and no war. And I remind you, there was no war under Donald Trump. And these yahoos are trying to spend their time in Washington trying to get this guy indicted, trying to create a fake narrative that they can hand over to the Attorney General Merrick Garland so he can contemplate whether to indict Trump or not. So this is what these yahoos in Washington are doing while this country is going through a crisis. Remember this in November. This is absolutely absurd. The one thing I just wanted to point out is Bill Barr. Bill Barr is a typical swamp creature, as well as all the other people they interviewed. All these other people that they interviewed, they they were at the time, right after the election, going into January 6th, they were all looking for their next gig. They just wanted Trump behind them. They just wanted their next gig at some law firm, think tank, Wall Street firm. That's all they were interested in. They couldn't care less about the country. They couldn't care less about Donald Trump. And the biggest disappointment here is with Bill Barr. Now, I'm going to play a clip from Bill Barr. The first thing I want to point out is that um, he was describing one meeting he had with Trump, and Trump had handed him an analysis. And let me just go to the clip how he describes this analysis, and then we'll discuss. When I walked in, sat down, he went off on a uh, monologue uh, saying that there was now definitive evidence uh, involving fraud uh, through the Dominion machines, and a report had been prepared by a very reputable cybersecurity firm, which he identified as Allied Security Operations Group, and he held up the report, and he had, a, and he, then he asked that a copy of it be made for me. And while a copy was being made, he said, you know, this is absolute proof that the Dominion machines were rigged. The report means that I'm going to have a second term. And then he gave me a copy of the report. And as he talked more and more about it, uh, I sat there flipping through the report and looking through it. And uh, to be frank, it looked very amateurish to me. Now, you know when somebody doesn't want to read a report or doesn't want to acknowledge a report, they call it amateurish. And that's what Bard did here. So he is so good that he was able to thumb through an, an analysis, a report, and determine it that it was amateurish. That's pretty talented, Barr. I can see how you, 
you got to be the attorney general. You can look at an analysis, you can look at a report and, and, and tell right away whether it's amateurish. Boy, you're good. All this tells me is that you didn't want to deal with this. And this is typical of the FBI. And this is something you have to know, just from my experience. Again, I've said time and time before, I worked in Hudson County, probably pound for pound, the most corrupt county in the country. And I know firsthand that the FBI and the Department of Justice want nothing to do with voter fraud cases because their attitude is, oh, well, both sides cheat. We, we don't want to know nothing. We want to know nothing about elections. And Barr's taking this attitude because you know why their own hands get dirty? Because the Department of Justice and the FBI has been so politicized today that if they start an investigation into a voter fraud, particularly something of this magnitude, there's going to be winners and losers. And they're afraid that they're going to be on the losing side. And that's how these political hacks work. So all Barr, to me, is just saying what I've known for years. The FBI and the Department of Justice will never get involved with voter fraud cases. And here's what they hide behind. They hide behind the fact that they have to be able to see the actual fraud being committed. They literally have to see the person illegally filling out the ballot and illegally depositing it in a Dropbox. So unless they have from soup to nuts, unless they can see and verify every illegal aspect of a voting fraud case, fraud doesn't exist. So if you say there were 300,000 illegal votes, they literally have to see 300,000 people voting illegally. And here's why. And in my next clip, I'll point this out. Because Barr says it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Even if all those votes were in fact illegal, they got intermingled with legal votes. And a judge was not going to say, and a judge was not going to turn an election if the illegal votes were intermingled with the legal votes. And here's what I liken this to. All you, all you need is to get that vote in, that, get those illegal votes mixed in with good votes and you're home free. It's almost with like our southern border. All you have to be able to do is sneak into this country and you're home free. All you have to do is be able to just sneak those votes in with legal votes and you're home free. And that's what Bart's telling us. Because they want to know nothing. Judges don't want to know anything. They don't want to make a hard decision. And I'm just shocked that Barr, and I said in the previous episode, I, I think Barr, his grandson or his grandkid, needs a, a job at some law firm or needs to get into a, the right law school. And that's why he's doing all this. Because he's got to go back to his Washington or Virginia home and he's got to go to his country club and his cocktail parties and he's got to see his friends that he needs to rely on. And if he's going to push a, a bad election case, he'll have no friends in Washington. So I'm sure this is why he did this. So with that said, I, I want to go to another clip. And it has to do with a, a snide remark he makes about this movie, 2,000 Mules. And it has to do with, uh, he makes a flippant uh, comment about the technology based on 2,000 Mules. Now, what 2,000 Mules is about is he was able to collect uh, cell phone data on all cell phones that uh, were uh, uh, shown to be near these 
um, drop boxes, these voting drop boxes, as well as all these NGOs where a lot of fraudulent votes come from. Now, what these NGOs are are non-government organizations. And by the way, we've got to get rid of these NGOs. There has to be some type of caveat in these grant contracts that we give these NGOs that there will be no politicking. They will not be involved with any campaign. They will not be involved with any get-out-the-vote operation. They will not contribute to any uh, campaigns because it's all unethical. Because when you think about it, Okay, I'm the government. Here's $10 million. Here's a $10 million grant. Well, if I'm receiving that grant, I'm going to back the politicians. They're going to keep that $10 million coming to me every year. And that's what these NGOs are doing. So we've got to, we've got to put caveats in all these contracts that say you will not do any politicking. You will not be involved with any type of elections in this country. And that goes for Planned Parenthood. And any other organization like that. But anyway, I I got sidetracked on this thing. So Barr comes out and starts dissing the technology that Dinesh D'Souza used for his movie. And just by his comment, I'll play the comment right now. You can clearly say he does not understand the technology behind this. So let me play the clip and then we'll come back and discuss the election was not stolen by fraud. And uh, I haven't seen anything since the election that changes my mind on that, including the 2000 Mules movie. (laughs) Maybe you can uh, assess that 2000 Mules and people are talking about that. Well, I mean, just in a nutshell, you know, I just think the GBI was unimpressed with it. And I was similarly unimpressed with it because I think if you did, because uh, I was holding my fire on that to see what the photographic evidence was, because I thought, well, hell, if they have a lot of photographs of the same person dumping a lot of ballots in different boxes, you know, that's hard to explain. Um, So I wanted to see what the photographic evidence was. But the. Uh, cell phone data is, is singularly unimpressive. I mean, it basically, if you take two million uh, cell phones and and figure out where they are physically in a big city like Atlanta or wherever, just by definition, you're going to find many hundreds of them have passed by and spent time in the vicinity of these boxes. And the premise that, you know, if you go buy a box, you know, five boxes or whatever it was, you know, that that's a mule is just indefensible. It, 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 by definition, you're going to have a lot of hundreds of this. I mean, one, I saw one contractor said, we figured out that our truck alone would account for six uh, cell phone signals. Uh, this was a, you know, a, a, some kind of contractor. And, you know, our route would take us by these things on a regular basis. So I, I but then you know, when the movie came out, uh, you know, I think the photographic evidence in it was completely lack. I mean, it was there was a little bit of it, but it was lacking. You know, it didn't it didn't establish widespread uh, illegal um, harvesting. The other thing is people don't understand is that. Uh, 
it's not clear that even if you can show harvesting that that changes the the results of the election. You're not the courts are not going to throw out votes uh, and then figure out you know what votes were harvested and throw them out. You'd still the burden on the challenging party to show that illegal votes were cast. Votes were. So really, it was all about the pictures with Barr. I just wanted to see the pictures in 2,000 Mules. And as, as I was saying before, they want to see the picture. At, we, they want to see the actual fraud taking place because they cannot assume or are not willing to assume anything else. So, for example, I think it was in uh, Pennsylvania. Let's say, for example, it was 20,000 vote difference. So Barr wanted to see 20,000 pictures of people these mules putting uh, 20,000 votes, ballots in these ballot boxes. And if he didn't see 20,000 pictures of these mules putting illegal votes in these boxes, well, fraud didn't exist. See such the high bar they created for this? And then he was just so off on the technology. He's telling everybody, oh, you know, if you you drive your truck by, you're, you're considered a mule. It's much more sensitive than that. And by the way, it was the FBI and the DOJ that used the same technology to find some of the J6 people. So they already used this technology. And they could easily refute the Sousa. It was so easy, but they're not willing to do it because they don't, they're afraid what they're going to find. All they had to do to refute the Sousa is run the same analysis for a time period after the election. So if they analysis that they did for the time period after the election and the data comes up different Dususu is right but they don't want to know that again they, they don't want to know nothing and I find out odd that nobody wants to run that analysis if you easily want if you really want to refute to Sousa run that analysis but they're afraid that the data will be different because the mules were, in fact, mules during the election. And those mules suddenly disappeared after the election. And again, they are not willing to take that extra step when it comes to voter fraud. And it all comes back to there's winners and losers in this. And because they're political hacks, they're afraid of being caught up on the wrong side. And they rationalize it by saying, ah, they both cheat on both sides. Until Donald Trump came along and exposed everything. And that's why we have to limit these mail-in ballots. We should just go back to paper ballots. Oh, and by the way, that, uh, Mr. Barr, remember the, uh, it was a week ago that the, uh, the one CNN article that said, in fact, some of these voting machines can be corrupted? What do you have to say about that? Did you look at that? But again, it's all about covering up themselves. And quite frankly, you know, as I said earlier, all they're doing is just try to set, uh, trying to hand off some recommendation uh, for an indictment of Trump to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. And quite frankly, I don't think um, right now I don't think that uh, Merrick Garland would do anything with it right now because he needs cover by a strong president in order to do this because there's a lot of downside for him personally. And with Biden as the president, he probably wouldn't feel comfortable doing this because he would need cover by a strong president and a president who he would think would win again. 
So that's why I would be very, very surprised if Garland does do anything with this. And it's not because he wants, doesn't want to. He's just thinking about himself. Because if there was a strong president, a smart president we had right now, yeah, I'm sure he would consider it. Because a strong president would give Mar uh, Garland cover. And again, this country's on fire. And they're busy trying to indict the guy that fixed this country. And again, remember that in November. Now, when I saw this at the hearing, I didn't know if this was comic relief or not. They had tried it out Chris Steyerwalt. He was the uh, a former uh, Fox News talking head that was fired. Apparently, he's a disgruntled employee, and I guess he used this opportunity to get back at Fox or whomever. But, uh, you know, I never liked the guy. You look at him, he's just a doughy white guy. You know, no muscle tone, just there. And you can tell uh, by his demeanors, he's the type of guy, I will say anything that you want me to. Just pay me. I will say anything. No sense of character, no nothing. And let me just play this clip because essentially this is why they trotted uh, Steyerwalt out. So let me play the clip and then we'll come back and discuss. But I just thought it was a comic moment and I think they thought it was serious, so. Uh, go figure. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Stowell, after the votes were counted, who won the presidential election of 2020? Uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. of the great state of Delaware. Thank you. Well, thank you, Chris Stowell. You said Joseph Robinette Biden with so much gusto. I'm sure you get picked up by another network. I mean, what a fool. And I, st I still don't understand why they invited him. Because he worked at Fox? Did that mean that people were going to identify him because he worked at Fox? I I who knows? You know. But this is just a bizarre hearing. This is just a bizarre TV show that they're putting on. But one thing I do want to point out is that these people up there are infants. They are responding to Donald Trump like an infant would. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans are respond to Donald Trump as an infant would. Oh, I don't like him. He has a potty mouth. He does mean tweets. I can't vote for a guy like that. Even though the guy ran a great economy, we had, we had no wars. Oh, but he had a potty mouth. I can't vote for him. Well, that's what an infant does. That's how an infant responds to the opportunity to make a rational decision, and you don't do it. Oh, I can't vote for him. I just don't like his potty mouth. Well, this is what you get. Get $5 gas. You get an unnecessary war in Europe. You got potential assassinations of Supreme Court justices. And none of this would have happened if Donald Trump was still president. Oh, but you don't like your his potty mouth. He was so mean to people. He had mean tweets. Well, you better grow up, America. You better realize that you got to take the good with the bad. And there was a heck of a lot more good in Donald Trump than the bad. And with that said, I just want to play you a clip. This just underpins what I've been saying. And it's uh, Representative Bacon from Nebraska. I think he's being interviewed, Chuck Todd at Meet the Press. And essentially, he says what I just spoke about. So let me play this clip, and then we'll just come back, because it's infuriating. American people in 2020, uh, the voters... 
Uh, we're tired of the name calling, the yeah. Twitter, uh, but they, but they by and large liked the policies. We, we have to remember we picked up 15 seats in in the House uh, that November. Yeah. Uh, I won our seat by about five points. Uh, but we, we have to also learn the lesson: Why did we lose in 2020? It, it was the comportment and the temperament. And again, that was Don Bacon, a Republican from Nebraska. So I don't know what to make of this. Uh, you know, he's pointing out that this is the case, and there, and he's right in the sense that there were a, a lot of Americans that didn't like his personality and didn't and voted against him because of that. But I I don't th- I think that. Americans have to learn that you have to take the good with the bad, especially when this guy Trump does a lot of good. And I just find it unacceptable. And I wouldn't accept it in the future that anybody would not vote for somebody. And this is what Bacon shouldn't be, should have been telling people. He should have said, well, why would you not vote for a guy just because you don't like his tweets when he's done so much, so much for the country? Occasionally, Trump is obnoxious. Big deal big deal so we shall see okay let's take a look at the markets and as i explained earlier is that it, it, the markets took it on its on the chin you know there's no relief in sight i don't see any relief in sight it's going to be a rough two years at the very least and as i said previously each of the indexes each of the major indexes are at 52 month lows so let's take a look at the Dow today. The Dow finished down 2.79% today to 30,516.74%. Year-to-date, the Dow is down 16.02%. The S&P was down today 3.88% to 3,749.63. Year-to-date, the S&P is down 21.33%. NASDAQ was down today 4.68% to 10,809.33. And year-to-date is down 30.91%. The 10-year bond is trading uh, at uh, 3.39%. And that's a big jump. That's 24 basis points. That's a, that's a big jump today. The uh, speculation is that now that the Fed this week is going to raise um, rates 75 basis points, because of the inflation number last week versus 50 basis points, which is what everybody projected. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, and we'll see what happens this week. Uh, It's 10 o'clock in the evening on Monday, June 13th, and uh, gold futures is trading at $1,825.40 an ounce. Silver futures is trading at $21.11 per ounce. Uh, while Bitcoin and uh, Bitcoin and a lot of crypto is taking it on the chin as well as the stock market and ha- and housing eventually is going to follow. But Bitcoin is tra- trading right now $21,487.22. Ethereum is trading at $1,126.37. And XRP is trading at $0.30. Cents. Uh, let's take a quick look at the calendar. We've got... This week, we've got, uh, on Tuesday, 8.30, we've got producer price index, final demand. We've got Wednesday, 8.30 a.m. on Wednesday, we've got retail sales coming out. We've got the import price index. We've got the Empire State Manufacturing Index. We've got the NAHB Home Builders Index. 
And then we have the um, FMOC projection. So Wednesday is going to be a big day. Then on Thursday, we've got, you know, jobless claims. Um, additionally, we also have building permits coming out and housing starts coming out. And then on Friday, we've got the industrial production in index, capacity utilization, and leading economic indicators. So there's a lot on the table this week. So keep your eyes out on it. And you know, even if you don't have any money in the stock market, take a look at this. It's very fun. And as I always say, forewarned is forearmed. And with that said, you have a good week and I'll talk to you on Saturday.